0: Twice a year we have the opportunity to share with one another, in a public way, what God is doing in your lives. We usually do that after New Year's sometime, and then we do it about the middle of the year, and today happens to be that day. Um, so I don't want to put on new pressure, but if you have come prepared, or if you would like to share what God is doing in your life, please do so at this time. Would anybody like to do that?
1: Well, my name's Meg. I've been in this church, I guess, a little over a year now. It doesn't seem that. I'm still meeting new people. Um, I didn't really come prepared, but I guess I have to say something. I've just moved to Delaware. I've lived here now two weeks. uh, No, two months. It's gone quick. I came from Clintonville, where I lived 39 years. I moved here because my son and my two grandkids live five houses from me. And that was kind. That was a miracle and a gift from God because we had seen no houses in that area. Uh, it's been a blessing, um, you know, changing of relationships a little bit, but I think my, I'm closer to my grandkids and I think they're more appreciative of me and love me more because they come down at night and knock on my door, my little six-year-old grandson, Jack. So They've only been here to church with me a couple times. so. And he will be, I'll go to the front door and I'll say, well, Jack, it's nice to see you. What can I do or you want to come in? He goes, no, I just want to say hi. (laughs) I said, oh, well, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. And he he said, oh, Maren, that's his sister, Maren and Daddy say hi, too. (laughs) So, and then he turns around, you know, he doesn't know quite what to say next. So he's very cute. And my grandson, my granddaughter's also come down. She's nine. And uh, she comes down and says goodnight to me sometimes, rides her bike down. Uh, so I've, I've been very blessed by that, and I thank God for that wonderful thing that I'd been praying about um, not too long, because my son actually suggested this uh, that might be an interesting thing to do. And I thought, oh, yeah, well, okay. So, and I've got hooked up with a couple things in the community. Um, that community is very different than the one I moved from in the middle of Clintonville. Uh, which is not very quiet most of the time, and uh, so I have a lot of quietness now. So anyway, I just wanted to say thank you, and I really appreciate the support of this church and of people in the congregation, and uh, it's probably the closest I've ever been to people in, in a church I belong to. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Meg. really wasn't so tough. Anybody else?
2: Thanks for the uh, encouragement, Meg. Um, So um, after Harv got done preaching last week, one of the things that really stuck out to me was um, we have to wait. So I was like, "Well, okay, God, you got a week, and we gotta we gotta get this going." So we have to give testimonies, you gotta answer prayer. So, but waiting—it was actually the thing that I've been learning. Um, I got a call from my, my dad went in to uh, do like a overnight study at Riverside for his seizures that he's been having. And um, so I called him on Sunday night and um, my dad's a good goofy guy from Cleveland. And uh, so we were talking and um, about six minutes into our conversation, he just stopped talking and um I was like, uh, what's up, Dad? And uh, then he, he started like smacking his lips like he was eating something. I was like, oh, you eating some, like a midnight cereal snack or what's going on? And he still wouldn't talk. And uh, then he started making some utterances, you know, things that didn't make any sense. And then he started putting words together that still didn't make any sense. Um, and then finally, after about six minutes, he was like, sorry about that. That sometimes happens. And um, I was like, oh, okay. Um, So we just kind of played it off and went from there. But then a doctor came in, and you could hear that some monitor was going off as well. So it's like, oh, man. Um, It almost felt like a little mini stroke or whatever. Uh, Over the phone, it kind of felt like that. Um, And then he had two really big seizures that night um, uh, at three and six in the morning. And uh, anyhow, I was almost, we talked for about 25 minutes that night, and uh, uh, I was tearing up at the end because he started to like, his his memory was going, like it, he said signs of memory loss or whatever, but it was definite, like he was repeating himself and having conversations that we had just had, so. And I thought, I mean, I'm losing my dad. You know, uh, you know, he might be with me here, but I'm I'm losing my dad. And so I just started crying on the phone. Well, trying not to cry on the phone, but I was like, okay, gotta go, Dad. And he was, like, but he he left me with this like the whole conversation. He had pretty much not uh, made a whole lot of sense, or it was just like, you know, what way do you go to our house? A conversation that we've had a hundred times now, it seems. Um, that's like one of his go-to's now. How do you get to our house? Um, but it's like it's like the 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 blinders came off for a second, and he said, Greg, I want you to know that God um, has my life, and he will do with it as he pleases, and it will be for the best. And I said, okay. And he said, I love you, and then we hung up. Um, but it was an answer, it was just... I don't even know if I was praying the prayer, but it was a, it was a, a good reminder for me that whether good or evil, uh, whether health or sickness, life or death, um, we can be patient and wait on God to do what He wants to do, even if it's really painful, even if it's really um, easy, you know, either one of those extremes, and God will do what He wants. Um, Uh, deems as best, and it will be for our best. So that's what I've been learning this week.
0: Thanks, Greg. Anybody else?
3: Good morning. Many of you know, um, Katie and I are in the process of, of trying to adopt. Um, when when we started the whole process, I mean, those of you who are currently going through it, or have just been through it, or know much about it, it's it's a daunting process, and um, you know, a lot of, a lot of fundraising, a lot of paperwork, a lot of just you know, heartache and ups and downs, and um, you know, our our whole thing going in was. Uh, God, can, can we trust you through this? Like, how, how can we do this? And, you know, we just had to just say, you know what? We don't know how this is going to happen. We don't know what to, what we're going to do, um, but we trust that you will provide, and, and he has. And, um, you know, I'll just make this short, but, you know, just many, many ways from, um, you know, the funds just coming in when we just didn't expect it to and um, just you know, meals and, and, you know, people supporting us and praying with us and just being with us and, uh you know, just, just support in many ways has, has come through, and we thank you all for that. Um, you know, we're, we're continuing to wait, and we, we don't really have many, um, you know, big leads. Little leads have kind of come here and there. Um, you know, we've had one that um, was a big heartache uh, recently. I mean, many of you knows, know about that, but, um, you know, we, we continue just to trust God through it, and he has continued to provide, so just wanted to encourage all of you that, you know, no matter what he, he does provide us he holds us and he provides for us so and we continue to see that every day and as we sit and wait um you know it can be a a, a rough wait at times but um you know we know that he will bring us the right one at the perfect time so um yeah so just thank you for all of your encouragement and prayers and uh, as we sit and wait and continue to trust
0: Thanks, Justin. Anybody else? Going once? Going twice? Thank you so much for your words this morning. Turn now, if you will, with me to Psalm 19. We've We've had two psalms so far today. Psalm 61, which is prayer is a flare. Hear my cry, O God, from the ends of the earth I call to you. The psalmist was in deep distress, and he was asking for God's help. Then we have Psalm 63, where it was... I'm seeking for you, God. Where are you? I long for you. Now we're gonna look at something in Psalm 19, which is um, a different thing. It starts out, there's, there's three things about the psalm that we should look at. The first part of the psalm is declaring God's glory. Praising God for who He is. That's the first six verses. Then the next verse are turning from God's glory to God's communication, His law, His words. Then He ends up with a prayer of being acceptable in His sight. The purpose of this whole um, liturgy today is to show us that prayer is more than just a flare it can be a flare there's nothing wrong with praying for help for praying for the desires of your heart but when we think about our prayer life and if our prayer life is a very high percentage of requests before god it makes when, when I pray that way it makes me wonder what am I doing? Is God just my uh, heavenly bellhop just to take care of my wishes? Do I love the things I need more than God? I've said this before, it's a ZZ Top song, uh, Who Do You Love? And it's like, who do you, no it's not ZZ, it's George Thurgood, but who do you love? Who is And if you love God, how are you communicating to him? So I'm going to read Psalm 19 now. And it's from David. It's to the choir master. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies above proclaim his handiwork. Day to day pours for speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no voice, excuse me, there's no speech nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back from your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Immanuel Kant says there are two things of perennial wonder, the starry sky and the moral law. Perennial means everlasting, perpetual, lasting for a long time. Perennial wonder is something that is something that mankind has wondered about a long time. The starry sky is where this psalm starts out. He says it's declaring God's glory in verses one to six. The witness is specific. Notice it's not God's will that is being declared. It's not his mercy or his love that's being declared by the sky. It's God's glory and his goodness. God is being declared by the heavens. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. The witness is incessant or continual. Every day and every night we see the handiwork of God. If you have a garden, if you have flowers, if you have trees, sometimes when my grandkids would be praying, they would say, thanks God for the flowers and the trees and the grass. And it's like, that's right. God is seen in the flowers. God is seen in the trees. God is seen in the grass. It's day to day. He pours forth speech. God is seen in these things. The simple prayers sometimes are amazing to me. It's continual the heavens, sky, day, night, and it's universal. If you look out there, there is no voice in all the earth where the words are not heard. It goes to the ends of the world. There is a, um, a, um, an attempt right now to have the gospel in every language, in every tongue, so that every nation can have, have a chance to hear the specific revelation of God, the gospel. God has preempted us in this attempt because of the, the universal of universality of creation. It's called general revelation, and that God is showing himself to mankind daily. There's nothing hidden from it. It's, it's amazing where this the psalm takes us. It says, in them he has sent a tent for the sun, in which the bridegroom comes out, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, like a strong man runs its course with joy. The witness that God has given us in general revelation is universal. And it shines, the testimony is there, and nothing is hidden. Nothing is hidden from the sun. There's joy, it's glorious. There's joy, there's strength. Those are the two adjectives in these similes given to us. The bridegroom and a chariot riding from one end of its course to the other. If we think about this in relationship to our prayers, this psalm starts out with a magnificent glory and joy of the Lord. Then he turns into something that we have not talked much about, and that is the specific revelation God has given us, and how the law of the Lord is perfect. If you look at these, nuances of the communication God has given to us. There's, let's see. I believe there's six of them. Maybe there's seven. But each of them has a title. There's an attribute and an effect. So it's a triad. And each of them has a little bit, it's like a a diamond that you are looking at different facets of it. Each of them have different facets of the communication God has given us. Part of the reason for going over this is to start directing our thoughts not only toward God but to his communication to us. So the law of the Lord is perfect reviving the soul. The law is his divine instruction. These are things God wants us to know and do. If you are wondering what God will have you do, he has told you right here. Now, he doesn't give you specifics like, "shall I buy that blue car or the red car, but he does give us specifics about character and daily life. It's perfect, and what does it do? It restores or it revives. You feel like you need, like you are drained. You need to be filled up. The place to do that is God's Word. The second one is his testimony. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. What is a testimony? A testimony is a witness. We've had a few testimonies this morning where they are witnessing what God is doing in their lives. What God has done And we have a lot of testimony in Scripture. Look at the book of Acts, look at the the Gospels, look at uh, the epistles, look at even in the Old Testament, some of the prophets, all of the prophets. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. If you lack understanding, where do you find it? So the effect of it is making wise. The third thing is the statutes. Statutes of the Lord or precepts are right, rejoicing the heart. Precept, um, a statute is a declaration of God. It's something that he is proclaiming. If those of you who do, um, there's a whole Bible study called precepts, where they do precept upon precept, line upon line, the idea is to find the plumb line of what God says and not to deviate from it. But these statutes or, or, or precepts are direction from God. And what do they do? What is the effect that God is looking for? Not woe and agony, but rejoicing the heart. We're going back to that joy that we get in general revelation, now we have specific revelation. Uh, An effect of that is it rejoices the heart. Where is your heart? Is it rejoicing in God, in his commands, in his precepts? The next one is, the rules or commands of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. They are, excuse me, the command of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eye. There we go. It is pure in that there is no defect in it. You want to know the right way to go, you don't want to know what is right, look at the commands of the Lord. They are right, they are pure, enlightening the eyes. I have trouble sometimes with metaphors. What does that mean? Enlightening the eyes? Think about that in a little bit. Um, if one is blind, the eyes are dark. If one can see the lie, the eyes see light it 's enlightened it's under enlightenment also means understanding so Some have said the gateway to the heart or the soul is through the eyes, so that what we see is the beginning of where we're going. It's the beginning of understanding is seeing. Like I said, I have trouble with metaphors. But he's using an idea of we can understand what God is saying, we can understand His divine degrees It's not hidden. And that's that's important to know. That we can understand the Bible by just reading it. You don't need somebody to tell you what it means, although it's helpful. Preaching the word is something that we do because it is the right thing to do and it's commanded for us to do, but it is also available to all of us by reading and understanding the word. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Fear of the Lord is not being afraid of the Lord, but it's awe and reverence of the Lord. And it's used as a settled habit. It's not something that we comes upon us on occasion. It should be something that we have continually. An awe or fear of God. A respect. A reverence of God. The informed by the law endure. Let me restate that those who understand the law, those who hear the law, those who read the law, endure. One of the tenets of the gospels of grace, or the doctrines of grace, is perseverance of the saints. And it's kind of a circular argument in that we know those who are saved who persevere to the end, and those who persevere to the end will be saved. So how do you know that you are saved? By persevering to the end? And how will you persevere, and if you persevere to the end, you'll be saved. It's one of those things, but when we look at this fear of the Lord, it's we are informed, we have this reverence for God, and we will persevere to the end. That is how we do it. It is by the fear of the Lord. The next one is the rules of the Lord are true. Some versions say the judgments of the Lord, the divine decisions of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Here's where I can get into a little problem because when we pray, God always answers. We know this. Sometimes He says yes, sometimes He says no, and sometimes He says, we'll see, or maybe. I liked when my kids were young, they'd say, Daddy, can we do this? I would say, We'll see. And they would get frustrated with me. But can we do this? We'll see. What do you mean, we'll see? I said, We have time, maybe we will. We don't have time, maybe we won't. It's, I don't have an answer for you right this minute, but the answer is, we'll see. Sometimes God's decisions and judgments are not nice. I think of Israel when they were being invaded by the north and the prophet said, like Habakkuk says, why are you using a more wicked people to judge your people? And God says, you don't know what I'm doing with a more wicked people. You just be concerned about yourself. We don't know what God is doing with the decisions he's given us. We don't know what God is doing when he gives us these divine judgments I don't like the term judgments because it sounds like we deserve them when the truth of the matter is we deserve even more. You know, I deserve hell, I said it, but by the grace of God I'm not going there. So when we say I don't deserve this, the answer to that is I know you deserve more. When we are going through a trial, which God does, why does He give us trials? So that we can see what our faith is like. So we can see if we really trust in Him. And we sometimes say, God, I don't deserve this, because we are flip about it and we think we are perfect. Because in my mind, I forget all my bad stuff and I only remember the good. In God's mind, He sees Jesus Christ, and the stuff that I've done bad is covered by him. But the things that come across us in our daily lives are vindicated. They are righteous. They are good. And then he talks about this whole thing, this communication from God, the law, the testimony, the statutes, the commandments, the fear, the judgments of the Lord are more to be desired than gold, than much fine gold. Where's your treasure? What are you thinking? Where's your heart? What are you pursuing? Think about that, and as we pray for this, remember, he took from, went from general revelation, the glories of the sky, the glories of creation, to the specific communication of God. And it's more to be desired than gold, sweeter than honey. And then keeping them is great reward, and by them is your servant warned. So the last part of this, or the, the, the last before the conclusion part, <laughs> is keep me from sin. The prayer now is, who can discern his own errors? Who understands themselves, much less understands God? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Who, God, knows me more than you? The thing that also is here in the next statement as well, keep me back, keep back your servant from presumptuous sin and let, let not have dominion over me. We do not understand the depravity of our own hearts. I do not understand the depravity of my own heart. We are responsible for our own ignorance. This one here blew me away when I, when I came across this thought. <clears throat> Ignorance is not an excuse. If you don't know, it doesn't matter. You're still considered responsible for not following God's laws. Now, obviously the blood of Christ covers that, but think about that for a moment. You're not knowing what God says in his word is your problem. It's not God's problem, it's your problem. We've had Psalm 63 where, Lord, I, I long for you, I desire you, I want you, I crave for you, my affections go toward you. If they don't, it's your problem. The responsibility is on you. Now, I'm trying to walk a fine line here because we have personal responsibility and we have God's grace. And that balance has to come into play. We all like to lean on God's grace and praise God we can. But we also need to rely on our personal responsibility. What are we doing about that? Now there are certain disciplines that we encourage, like prayer, studying, reading your Bible, fellowshipping one another with the saints in this body. That's all part of the disciplines of the Christian life. And so we are responsible to partake of that. Because then the psalmist says, then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Keep back your servant from presumptuous sins then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgressions." Then the appeal. And this is where I want to live. This is where I want to spend my life. Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We're going to pray, and then we're going to have a song, and then we're going to finish. We're a little bit early. This will make up for last week when I went a little bit long. But let's have a word of prayer. Father, we recognize the glories of the sky. We know how to read some of the skies when it gets dark and cloudy. We know it's going to rain. When there's sunshine out there, it's going to be a glorious day, and we know that you provided it. Father, we know that your sunshine is throughout the lands, throughout the world. Nothing is hidden from the sun's heat. Nothing is there that is not understood. There's no language that does not have that understanding that God is there. Something has created this. God is blessing us with rain and sunshine and trees and flowers and plants. And it is joyful. Flowers bring a joy to our hearts. Rain brings sometimes discouragement, but at the same time we know it is necessary. We know that it is joy that you do this. You have given us this great general revelation for us to enjoy the creation of all this is because you are God, and you are good, and you are powerful. And Father, you have given us your word. We confess we don't know it as we should. We confess, Lord, that we do not read it all the time like we should. But Father, we also confess that our hearts are not always there. We confess that we are not always seeing what you would have us see. We are not always informed by your word like you would have us. But Father, we cannot always discern our errors. We cannot always understand where we are falling off. We cannot always understand where our faults lie. Father, keep us from hidden faults. Keep us from being presumptuous and help us to understand your word even more. Father, let the words of our mouth and our meditation today and this week be acceptable in your sight. You are our rock and you are a redeemer. Amen.